Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep options for both the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into another topic specifically related to the NCLEX and to nursing practice, which is psychosocial integrity. It is a topic that does come up quite a bit on the NCLEX exam. We're going to dive into some of the things you should know about this topic. And in order to do that, we brought back a fantastic guest who has been on the show many times, who is Karen Lilliquist. So welcome back to the show, Karen. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming back onto the show and lending your expertise to another area. How's everything been since we last chatted? Very nice. Thanks. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, So I guess I know we have a lot to cover today, so let's dive right in. I want to start by asking sort of a preliminary question, which is we're talking about psychosocial integrity. What exactly does that mean? You know, what what are we talking about when we say psychosocial integrity for those who might not know? Well, if we think about it for the NCLEX exam, um, psychosocial integrity, truly along with physiological integrity, they're both a basic health need for clients. So we can define psychosocial integrity as being kind of the state of a dynamic, both psychosocial and sociological homeostasis. So those are big words. But if we think about our psychosocial well-being, our emotional well-being, our cognitive well-being, we know that that can be affected during stress or illness or crisis. And so anytime we have a threat to our emotions, our mental status, our psychosocial well-being, that can disrupt that homeostasis. And so we as nurses, we have to think about that clients that might be in crisis might not be acting in their best interest they might even be counterproductive. So if we can assess those needs or we can anticipate or recognize or analyze clients' behavior when they're in crisis, that's the piece that we're really addressing with psychosocial integrity. That makes sense. Uh, It's something very important, of course, like you said. So it's a good topic to talk about and one that does definitely come up on the NCLEX exam. So since we talked about the what, I think we naturally should transition into the why. Um, Why is this such an important topic? You know, I hear nursing students sometimes say they they don't want to work in mental health, but why is psychosocial integrity so important, both in practice and also on the NCLEX? Well, it truly involves more than just treating clients with mental illness. Um, All nurses, regardless of specialty, whether it's they're working on a mental health unit or they're working in med surge, they're working in the ER, really all of us nurses address the psychosocial needs of clients. So if we consider those nursing actions that the licensure exam covers under psychosocial integrity, think about different behavioral interventions or coping mechanisms, crisis intervention, cultural diversity, or religion and spiritual influences fall under this category, as well as stress management and support systems. So it's much more than treating a client with, let's say, depression or schizophrenia or or bipolar disorder. It's really looking at the holistic patient in terms of psychosocial needs. Yeah, makes sense. I guess when it comes to the NCLEX, especially because a lot of students who are listening are probably getting ready for that exam, is this a topic we're going to see a lot on that exam? I mean, how, how often do we see psychosocial present itself on test day and how does it present itself on test day? 
well, on the exam itself, if you look at the test plan, psychosocial integrity as that category makes up 9% of the exam. Wow. And as we've talked, students will have anywhere between you know, 75 and 265 questions. So of course, that number of questions ranges. But having said that, 9% of the exam will be specific, a specific focus on psychosocial integrity. But looking at the categories that I mentioned earlier, you'll see that thread throughout the exam as a whole. Yeah, and I'd imagine and that would include something like uh, therapeutic communication, right? Exactly. So it is, it, you bring up a good point. Um, we have psychosocial integrity, which is a client needs category, and we've got therapeutic communication, which the NCSBN looks at as what they call an integrated process. And so that integrated process it is seen throughout the exam, and the National Council defines that as this is their words, a fundam er, defines integrated processes as, a f as fundamental to the practice of nursing and are integrated throughout the client needs categories and subcategories. So maybe here's a better example. Um, the nursing process is an integrated process. So we think about the nursing process as really that clinical reasoning approach to client care. We have assessment, planning, implementation, evaluation. So that isn't in any, any one particular client needs categories, but it's threaded throughout the exam. And the same is true with therapeutic communication. So on any question, we have to think about verbal and nonverbal interaction between the nurse and the client, or the nurse and the family, or the nurse and the healthcare team. So when we think about what are our interactions, whether that's written or verbal, that therapeutic communication theme is going to be throughout the exam. Yeah, and I know that obviously you are, uh, for those who've listened in the past, uh, you are an instructor for Kaplan and you've been teaching the NCLEX for quite a while. So mm -hmm. I'm curious in your experience if there are any uh, strategies or tips you can offer when it comes to addressing therapeutic communication questions that might present themselves on test day? Oh, absolutely. And, and as we talk about these, it, these are pieces that you can bring into your nursing practice as well. Um, so when we think about therapeutic communication, think about listening to or understanding the client. And with that, you want to kind of clarify what the client is saying or develop an insight with respect to the client's perspective. And ultimately that brings that working relationship between the nurse and the client. And as I mentioned, it's both verbal and nonverbal communication. So I think some common themes is number one, using silence is an okay thing. Um, on the licensure exam, just being present or sitting with the client is a great answer. We sometimes, looking at that exam, forget about that because in the real world, we may seem be or be overwhelmed or have multiple things that we need to complete. Um, so on testing, keep in mind that it's okay just to be present as well as the real world. We just sometimes forget about it as we're running around. Um, other pieces to think about is using general leads or broad opening questions. We call these open-ended questions. What that does is it encourages the client 
to talk about his or her perspective. So rather than a yes, no answer, what can we learn from the client? And as always, you know, clarifying if you're, you wanna make sure you understand the client's words or perspective, reflecting back that particular tone. All of that helps develop that working relationship with the client. So it's interesting you say uh, we don't want to ask yes, no questions. Is that something that will never be correct on test day? Like we should avoid completely those yes, no questions, just leave it to open-ended? Or are there times where it does make sense to ask something that's yes or no? Well, that's a great question, and you make a good point. There's no 100% rules when we think about nursing and we think about testing. It's always looking at the context. So saying always eliminate yes, no answers is really coming, coming across with concrete thinking rather than critical thinking. So I know we've talked a lot about NCLEX questions, um, but those lower level questions or the non-passing questions that truly test your knowledge are yes, no, right, wrong type questions. But the passing level questions generally take several steps of thinking to arrive at the best answer. So when we think about that, we can't have those 100% rules. So when, when you as a test taker come across a yes, no question, you know, hang on to it. But in the back of your mind, you're always looking for something better. It, and you mentioned, is there a certain time that a yes, no question might be appropriate? It, it may be when we think about client safety. Um, in, in, I taught a class yesterday and one question that came up was we were working, we as, as the, the nurse in the question, were working on a, a suicide hotline and the client calls in and says it's over. It, and so you start to have that theme of, goodness, this is a physical safety issue. This is perhaps... Uh, looking at harming themselves. So that's a great time to ask a yes, no question because very specifically we need to know, is the client planning to hurt him or herself? Yeah, that's a, definitely an example of a, a time we'd want to do that. Um, and I guess when we're talking about uh, therapeutic communication questions, if we do have a non-therapeutic response, would you just recommend eliminating those answer choices? Are there times where perhaps that might make sense? Oh, and yes. I mean, when we think of this is a non-therapeutic response, it closes the communication line. Um, it, that is a great approach in terms of putting it aside and looking for something better. Um, again, in the context of an NCLEX question, there may not be one good answer, there might be several, or there may not even be an answer that the, the test taker likes. So it's looking for the best answer. Um, generally speaking, the correct answer will give correct information. So in terms of therapeutic communication, think about listening to the client, reflecting on that tone, and then giving clear information or detailed information. So that's always therapeutic in terms of being very direct. Um, another piece is really looking at having empathy or again, reflecting that communication back because that indicates that you've heard what the client has said or that you understand what the client has said. Um, for example, it, I can see that you're frightened about being here. That would be reflective or 
you seem very upset. Tell me how you're feeling is both reflective and has that open-ended component. So those would be answer choices that would be much better than a yes, no type question. Yeah. I love how a statement can be a question. It's Yes, exactly. You don't need that question mark. It's yeah. the intent of that statement. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how you can really manipulate language to be therapeutic, as you say, without even having to ask, literally not even having to ask a question, just provide a statement that encourages and elicits a response from the client. Um, I know we've been talking fairly abstractly about a lot of this. So I'm wondering if perhaps you could provide, Karen, an example, a, a question you might see on the NCLEX on test day that involves therapeutic communication, uh, psychosocial integrity, and walk us through how you might uh, approach that question and think through some of the answer choices that are present, given some of the the strategies and theories that you've uh, been providing through this episode so far? Sure, let's do that. Um, so here's a question. The, the STEM reads, a mother is to undergo a breast biopsy. She tells the nurse, if I lose my breast, I know my husband will no longer find me attractive. Which of the following responses by the nurse would be most appropriate? So a couple of things here with the question STEM. When we see most appropriate, we know that that is a priority question. I'm, I'm going to like one answer better than the others. Mm -hmm. um, following response, those words say, wait now, think about therapeutic communication. So what would be the most therapeutic response for this woman who's concerned about how her husband will think of her? So here are the answer choices. Uh, number one, the nurse says, you don't know if you're going to lose your breast. They are just doing the biopsy now. So in terms of that particular question or statement, you can hear that discount of feelings. You don't know if you're going to lose your breast. So that wouldn't be a therapeutic response. It simply shuts down conversation. Right. Here's number two. You should focus on your children. They are young and they need you. So that word should is very authoritarian. It, it basically says, I'm going to tell you what to do. So that's another one you can eliminate. In number three, you seem to be concerned that your relationship with your husband might change. Now that one has a much different tone than the first two. There's that reflection of fear. And it basically is that open-ended statement. It allows the client to express what she's feeling. So let's keep that one in for consideration. And number four, why don't you wait to see what your husband's reaction is before you get upset? And that one, again, dismisses the feeling that the client is experiencing. Basically, it's giving advice. So in looking through those answer choices, we have one that discounts the feeling, two that's authoritarian, three that has that reflection and open-ended comment, and four, another authoritarian response. So that third one, you seem concerned, is a great therapeutic response. Yeah, and if you've been <clears throat> thinking about how each one of them is phrased, like you said, the only one that, answer choice three, it, it seems to say like, you seem to be concerned. It's almost asking in a, in a way by stating it. 
as opposed to the others that say like, you don't, you should, why don't you? It's very, as you said, authoritative and uh, um, sort of dismissive of, of the, the client's feelings, but it's also almost telling the client what to do, whereas three is just looking to explore a little bit more and get some more feelings by saying, you seem to be concerned. So I, you can almost see uh, just by looking at the, the tone how that one is the most therapeutic. Yes. And I like to tell students, you really have to step back and look at the bigger picture with these types of questions. Don't think about what you hear always in the real world. Um, as, as we develop nursing, as we develop as nurses, we're, we are becoming much more empathetic and reflective. And we're hearing that of other professions as well. Um, but think about what those words mean, not necessarily um, what, what you may have said or what you've heard somebody say. It, it really is going back to the essence of nursing, which is caring for that person holistically. I'm going to throw a little bit of a wrench in this only because I know that's perhaps some thinking at home. I mean, on the NCLEX, these are things that make sense. And we're looking at everything in a very uh, closed bubble. It's a sort of, uh, you know, a micro circumstance of what's going on. We have to analyze that particular situation. But in the real world of nursing, you're going to have multiple clients to look after. And especially when it comes to prioritizing, how can you be therapeutic and give a client the time that he or she needs while also having to work with other clients who perhaps are more unstable or need some more um, physical assistance um, as opposed to psychosocial uh, assistance? I mean, how, how would you work through those types of situations and still be therapeutic if you have someone in the other room who needs some more urgent attention? Oh, and that's a great question. And that is a very real world component <laughs> that, that we as nurses, we challenge, we're right. challenged with. And I believe the biggest piece is, it, it kind of goes back to that, the first statement in terms of each of our patients need both that physical assistance and that psychosocial assistance a big part of nursing is developing that therapeutic relationship. And in spending time with clients and being present when you're in the room with them, in terms of understanding how the client is that day, um, answering questions, demonstrating that caring aspect is, and what I have found personally, is if you can meet those needs with each client, you may be in the room five minutes. You may be in the room 10 minutes, right. but being able to be present when you're there, it actually will minimize many of the issues that might come up during the day. So that really does allow you to prioritize. If I need to be in this room for a half hour because I'm doing a wound change or the, the provider is rounding and I, I need to be in there, that it, that's definitely okay because you've spent quality time and it may not be equal number of minutes, but it's really the quality rather than the quantity of time that you spend in the room. Yeah, and I'd imagine that's something that comes with time and practice as well. It's hard to really prepare for it by reading a textbook. <laughs> right. Experience yeah. and you know how to work through. As a new grad or a first day on a unit, even as a seasoned nurse, you have your to-do list. 
and you're, you're looking at that to-do list. But as your experience develops and your confidence grows, you get more of a sense of what needs to be done. And it, it, it does. It becomes much easier to be present in the room rather than thinking about what do I need to accomplish while I'm in the room. Yeah, absolutely. One thing we haven't talked about with psychosocial integrity is pain. And I know this is something that can be subjective from client to client. And I, I hear students talking about how we at Kaplan state that pain is psychosocial. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what is pain? How does it present itself on the NCLEX exam? How should we work through those types of questions? What would you recommend or advise? Yeah, another great topic. It comes up in every class that we teach. Um, when we think about pain, keep in mind that right here, right now, we have our students who are preparing for the licensure exam. And in that context, we have to view pain within what the NCLEX is testing. And it's not black and white. It really is complex. It's a multifaceted issue. And we can't necessarily condense pain. Is it physical or is it psychosocial? So here's, here's our approach. You know, pain is psychosocial when it comes to dealing within that framework of critical thinking and clinical reasoning. And so in that respect, as we and our students are walking through our questions, when we come across pain, we need to think about it, okay, what's the cause here? What's the essence of it? So initially we may say with our, with our students that pain is gonna be psychosocial. And if we think about that, if we think about treating the pain in and of itself, we're meeting a comfort need. And, and so in our, in our realm of the decision tree, that comfort need falls under psychosocial. So we may put it aside, we may come back and consider it, but initially we may put it aside and address the physical answer choices. But we have to keep in mind that working through an NCLEX style question, we're looking at the particular context and we're looking for the best answer choice. So if the physical answers aren't appropriate, they don't address the topic, they're not safe, they aren't effective, we truly need to go back and consider those psychosocial options. And, and so what our students are learning to develop is that this is a critical thinking process, not necessarily a black and white process. Um, every question is gonna be unique. So we have to walk through using our structure, but make sure that it's flexible. We also talk about pain in terms of what's the underlying issue. Right. So for example, um, if I am you know, vacuuming in the house and I'm not paying attention and I stub my toe on the end table, um, man, my toe really hurts. And to me, that is my focus right now. It hurts. But that's more me being clumsy than a, a physiological underlying condition that we have to address right here, right now. If you compare that to an individual who might be shoveling snow in the winter, that individual has a history of elevated blood pressure and says, man, I've got some chest pain. Okay. That would be, that pain is not a comfort piece 
that perhaps is those cardiovascular cells saying, hello, I need some oxygen. So another piece when we're considering pain is really asking, what is the underlying condition? And if we're not treating comfort, if we're looking at a cardiovascular issue, an oxygenation issue, you know, that really is a physical issue to address. We're not going to use Tylenol or acetaminophen. We will be using uh, morphine, right? If, if, if we need to dilate those blood vessels. So that's the piece that we have to look at. It makes sense too. I mean, like you said, pain is psychosocial, but it also has those underlying physiological conditions at times. So it's important to address all that and identify <clears throat> what does have those underlying conditions <laughs> that might need a prioritization versus others that might not. So. Absolutely. It's all about the thinking process, comparing and contrasting and asking yourself, what's the topic of the question and what does this answer choice really mean? Absolutely. So we've talked about psychosocial as a whole. We've talked about therapeutic communication. We've talked about pain. Any other advice, Karen, for test day when it comes to psychosocial, anything we've left out um, or any sort of last words on this topic for, uh, for students who are anxious about these types of questions on test day? And I think we have two sets of students. One set loves psychosocial integrity and the <laughs> other one just has a fear of it. Of course. And so I, I believe that if you can look at every question openly and, and really focus on what, what am I trying to do for this patient? And more importantly, what's the outcome of this answer choice? It can become as straightforward of a question as one may consider a physiological integrity question is straightforward. Yeah, that makes sense as well. Um, so Karen, I definitely want to thank you for coming out to the show and talking with us about uh, such a particular topic on the NCLEX. And like you said, one that makes up uh, 9% technically, but goes into other parts of the exam as well. And uh, I know we've had you on the show several times and I expect we'll have you back again. So uh, as always, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for those of you at home, as always, if you are getting ready for the NCLEX, if psychosocial integrity is something that you're really focused on right now as you're practicing NCLEX questions, I would encourage you to click on the link in the description. That'll take you right over to kaplanursing.com where you can learn more about our resources available to you, whether you're looking for more practice questions with our key bank, if you're looking to simulate test day with a, a product like our computer adaptive test, our content and practice packs, which include the NCLEX channel where you can review videos, including some with Karen. Uh, or if you want to sign up for a class with an instructor like Karen, we have uh, live online, in-person, and on-demand courses that you can take to really give you that full prep. And we have some free resources there as well. If you don't already subscribe to our podcast, I would encourage you to do so. And uh, please go ahead and leave us a rating, a comment. Let us know what other topics you would like to see in a future episode of this show. And lastly, make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest at Kaplan and Clex Prep. And we have some great free content for you available there. And you can always send us a, a direct message if there's anything you have questions about regarding NCLEX Prep, nursing school, or life as a nurse. As always, I want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast. <laughs>